Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. What's better than this? Guys being dudes here on the Draft Dudes Podcast. It's Joe Marino and Kyle Krabs. We got Chris Schubert producing this thing. We're all from the Draft Network, brought to you by Bet Online, your number one source for all your sports betting information and needs. They've got it all Major League Baseball, the Kentucky Derbies this weekend, the NBA playoffs, the fights, everything over there. Your best spot to wager on sports. We got a deal for you. Head to the website. You could do so on your desktop or your mobile device. Use our promo code BELIEVE. It'll get you a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. That's B-L-E-A-V. Bet online. It's where the game starts. Kyle, what's up, man? You're, you're throwing me off there. Happy Cinco de Mayo to you. Listen, would you rather have me muted and gagging on a cough, or would you rather me just turn my microphone and my camera off for a hot sec, get it out, and be done, mm. and move on? Happy Cinco de Mayo to you. Chris, happy Cinco de Mayo to you. Happy Cinco de Mayo, gentlemen. Is that why you're in such a rush to, to skip the meeting today after this? I believe, I believe that is a very uncharacteristic uh, <laughs> way to describe where I Look just asked. He's storming in here to I defend just, his honor. <laughs> all I asked was, do we have a staff meeting today? And you extrapolate that to, I want to celebrate Cinco de Mayo early. You know, I work from home. I can celebrate that whenever I want. But right, nonetheless. Right. And, and that's, that's my plan. I am going to have a little something here. Uh, after we are done the podcast today, but we got to talk about the NFC North. Um, Joe, quick shout out. I know you got your stuff, but I'm wearing some stuff and you, you know how I am with new clothes. I get new stuff. I have to put it on. I got my latest care package from our friends over at legends and I am super ready to celebrate Cinco de Mayo because I'm super comfy and cozy and I look really good. Uh, thanks to their clothes. Definitely not anything that I'm doing with myself. It's all because of legends gear. So promo code TDN 20. Uh, if you want to get some really good gear going into the summertime, I got the five-inch inseam shorts rocking right now. I'm feeling really good about myself. Don't get salsa on that that fly new shirt you got there, man. You're all fitted up. Um, I hate for you to get some salsa on that. We're just gonna do. We're gonna drink our calories this afternoon, and then I'll change for <laughs> for dinner when I do chips and salsa. I think that's what we're gonna do. Fair enough. All right. Shall we? You ready to so, dig into our AFC nor- or NFC North draft class recap? Let's let's take a little walk together. Let's do that. Let's go. Let's take this journey starting. Let's do Chicago first. Mm-hmm. Uh, we'll do them alphabetical. It's how we've been doing them. Uh, Chicago, low key pick for volume, right? I mean, they they just didn't have a first round pick, but they ended up making eleven picks in this draft class. Uh, Kyler Gordon. Cornerback Washington at 39, Jaquan Brisker, safety Penn State at 48. Wide receiver Vellis Jones Jr. at 71. Offensive tackle Braxton Jones at 168, so they had a long gap. Uh, Pass rusher Dom Robinson from Miami of Ohio, 174. Offensive lineman Zachary Thomas, San Diego State at 186. Wide receiver, running back, offensive weapon, whatever have you, Treston Ebner uh, from Baylor at 203. Offensive lineman Doug Kramer from Illinois at 207. Uh, Jatari Carter, offensive tackle from Southern at that's 226. Safety Elijah Hicks from California at 254. And punter Trenton Gill from NC State 
at 255. I believe that was the one that tied our record for most punters drafted in a single draft. Yeah. Yeah. Still fell one short of uh, breaking it. I'm bummed. Kyle, Kyle, I think when you look at this draft class, you like the collection of players that they got. I mean, I thought they, especially their first five selections, I really like Gordon Brisker, Jones Jr., Jones, and Robinson. I think those are all players that are going to help the Chicago Bears. I think what you have to do to kind of not fall into being overly critical is understanding that they didn't pick offensive players with their, you know, their their two second round picks and with the need to build around Justin Fields. You can easily extend criticism and say, hey, you should have went with an offensive lineman and a weapon with those two picks. They chose not to, but they still got two really good players, two players that um, is going to help their secondary and Kyler Gordon and Jaquan Brisker. Like, I think they're immediate starters, and they had questions there as well. And so while these players won't help Justin Fields on the offensive side of the football, it's going to help shore up their defense a little bit, maybe take a little pressure off Justin Fields to have to – score 35 points to win football games. And so I I guess kind of balancing the line of, hey, they got really good football players, but maybe you wish they did more to actually support Justin Fields on the offensive side of the football. Yeah, I think this the, the criticisms about Chicago's class are less to do with the players that they picked and more so about kind of this awkward intersection about where they're at as a team, the timeline of their quarterback and the timeline of the general manager and the head coach. Right. This is the testament to kind of the the cycle that teams end up circling time and time again, where you draft a quarterback because it's the only thing you can do to try to save your job. And then you don't save yeah. your job. And then somebody else comes in and they need pieces to run. You hire a defensive minded coach. He's going to need dudes in the secondary with, with what Chicago's defense looks like. And that's what they did. So. Yeah, I think they got appropriate value for their picks. I mean, I'm, I'm pretty excited about. We had second round valuations on both Kyler Gordon and Jaquan Brisker. We had them as both top 45 players. They got them at 39, 48. Uh, we had fourth round valuations on their next three players, Vellis Jones, Braxton Jones, and Dom Robinson. They got them in the third, fifth, and fifth. Like you got appropriate value for the vast majority yeah. of your picks and you got good football players. Uh, but it, it is just going to leave a little sour taste in your mouth when you're analyzing this draft class and you come at it from the understanding of, man, they, they really need to help Justin Fields out. And I don't know that what they got is going to really provide a lot of, like is Byron Pringle and Vellis Jones the the magic pieces to the puzzle in the passing game to, to complement uh, what they have there already? I don't think so. So that that's where the, you have to play some mental gymnastics to get over that, but it's part of their dynamic. So it, it is something that I have a hard time shaking completely out of my head. Yeah. Good players. I mean, we've said it. I like these players. I think they did a good job of adding talent. They needed mm-hmm. defensive help. But it's almost like if this was kind of your thought going into the draft, and I know that they didn't have a ton of resources available to them in free agency, but they had some, and, and they certainly were willing to give big money to Larry Joby. You know, you would have liked to have seen a little bit more in terms of veteran help at receiver and, and on the offensive line. And, you know, Justin Fields, I don't think anybody feels good about how he's surrounded right now. And like you said, that stems from the dynamics of where they're at and why Justin Fields is there in the first place. But I'm I'm not I'm not loving his supporting cast going into his second season. 
All right. So the draft class in a vacuum was good. Right. But when you survey it through the landscape of what their primary objective probably had to be based on how we perceive the situation in Chicago, that's where probably we wish it was different. Because, uh, and I would ask this and then we can move on. How many players added in this draft class on the offensive side of the ball are going to be immediate impact players and, and significant contributors for Chicago? Probably none. I, I would probably give him Vellis Jones, but he's not going to be a volume piece of your passing game. He'll make a few plays, but yeah, like I, I he's wide receiver three, four that also gets the return stuff handled. Right. So that that's so. kind of the conflict we have. So let's talk about Detroit. I'll read through Detroit's picks as well. Uh, Aiden Hutchinson at number two overall. They traded up to 12 for Jamison Williams, wide receiver, Alabama. Another defensive lineman, Josh Pascal at 46. Kirby Joseph, safety, Illinois at 97. James Mitchell, tight end, 177. Malcolm Rodriguez, linebacker, 188. James Houston at 217 from Jackson State. And then Chase Lucas, corner Arizona State at 237. I'm in love with this haul, Kyle. I, I really, really am. You know, I thought the world of Aiden Hutchinson – um, my number one player in the draft, they get him at number two. Thought the world of Jamison Williams. I, I think the most dynamic offensive playmaker in this class. They get him at 12, but had to part with very modest assets to get from 32 to 12. Um, I think they fleeced the Vikings in that trade. You know, there should have been a, a bigger tax on that for, for Minnesota. If, you know, I'm making a trade with the division rival, I'm going to make it hurt. And they didn't. So I think that one-two punch right off the bat is is like blue chippers to me at you know at, at edge and wide receiver two premium spots. Josh Pascal, Kentucky edge, just kind of fits this football team. Tough, hard nosed. You know he's going to be a, a dynamic run defender from day one. He's got some real power that he brings to the table as a pass rusher. Kirby Joseph, a toolsy safety. They've been trying to tinker with that safety tam- tandem. Uh, in Detroit for a while. I mean, this guy has length and ball skills for days and deep alignments. James Mitchell's a really fun complimentary player to TJ Hawkinson as a move piece tight end that I think you can get out in space in a variety of ways. And he's, I think he's got good hands and he's a good route runner. And then a couple of special teams players here to, to close things out. I think this is a home run by Detroit. Yeah, I mean, you, you think about them losing Jalen Reeves-Maben and getting Malcolm Rodriguez to fill probably the exact same role. Like, <laughs> and he's another right. small, undersized linebacker that can run and move. And and Chase Lucas, I think, is going to really thrive on teams, like you mentioned. Um, I guess here's what, here's the interesting foil of draft classes for me amongst the ones that we've done. I like to hold this draft class up against the Giants, where you think about New York, and they picked a 5-7, and seven, and we said, yeah, you get your flowers for getting an impact player on both sides of the ball at five and seven. But that was the expectation because you picked a five and seven. And then the Giants had more ammunition throughout the rest of the draft. But I like the players that Detroit got to be impact players in larger roles quicker than what the Giants got. And they also got an impact player, blue chipper from the jump on both sides of the ball. And oh, by the way, you had to work the board to trade up and, and make that happen instead of automatically being locked in in those two picks. 
think Detroit I don't mean is mean that is shade against the Giants. It's just the parallels there are really interesting. And I like more of what Detroit did when they were in a less advantageous position because they didn't naturally have two top eight picks and they didn't have as many picks throughout the entire draft. Detroit is inching closer and closer to being that team where we say, man, they've got it all except for a quarterback. And that's that's where they want to be. And, and, and we've seen, we've criticized teams for forcing quarterbacks. And Detroit has really built this thing up. And with another offseason of free agent moves, man, they're going to be looking like a really strong quarterback destination next year. That's what they want. Listen up, folks. I got to tell you about our friends over at Auto Approved. Too many people. In fact, most people are paying way too much on their vehicle loan. Auto Approve offers auto refinancing, motorcycle refinancing, and auto lease purchasing. In fact, in 2021, Auto Approved customers saved on average $164 per month. That's what they do. They help you lower your monthly payment. With Auto Approved, vehicle owners can lower their monthly payment, get a better rate, or both. Auto Approved, it's the simplest way to save thousands on your car payment. Think about what you can do with hundreds or even thousands of dollars in savings on your car payment. You can do other things. Maybe it's a vacation, projects around the house, even more time spent on the golf course. Take your tailgate to the next level with more money in your pocket and to find out how much money you can save and to claim your $100 cashback offer, visit autoapprove.com slash believe. Shall we? Green Bay Packers? Go ahead and hit us with the Packers, Joe. All right. Uh, a draft class that maybe looks a little different than we thought it would, but I really like two first-round picks, the first one being Quay Walker out of Georgia, uh, pick 22. Devontae Wyatt, defensive tackle, Georgia, pick 28. Christian Watson, the wide receiver from North Dakota State at 34. Sean Ryan, offensive lineman, UCLA at 92. Romeo Dubs, wide receiver at Nevada, 132. Offensive lineman, Zach Tom at Wake Forest at 140. Kingsley Enigbari, edge from South Carolina at 179. Tariq Carpenter, safety linebacker type player out of Georgia Tech at 228. Jonathan Ford, a nose tackle out of Miami at 234. Rasheed Walker, offensive tackle, Penn State at 249. And then Samari Toure, wide receiver, Nebraska, 258. Okay. So the ways that we can choose to look at the Packers draft class. I would like to look at round one and then everything else. I don't know if that's cool with you or not. Sure. So round one, uh, Quay Walker probably perceived as a reach if you didn't know that there was the kind of buzz that exists around Quay Walker being a Patriots destination and or potentially Jacksonville, given that they moved up for Devin Lloyd. Like Quay Walker was going to go in the first round. Right. So Green Bay saying, okay, the Pats traded out. He's one of our guys. Let's get him here. The real value of Quay Walker was not a reach, even though it felt like it. Would you say that's an accurate assessment? Yes. And then you draft Devontae Wyatt, who playing odd front defensive end for them next to Kenny Clark is going to be glorious phenomenal i mean what what adjective would you like to describe wyatt i like in the glorious front? is good 
glorious. Okay, so you, you got that one-two punch there. It's really going to help the run defense, right? Uh, I think it's really going to help your ability to penetrate on the inside, and then obviously Quay Walker is a pressure player. I think their defense got a lot better with those two picks. Obviously, everybody's assertion was Green Bay needs pass catchers, but when six go in the first 18 picks, I'm not mad at Green Bay when they got the next wide receiver to come off right. the board and they got him at 34. If I had the approval of Morocco, I'd be shaking it right now because that's how you have to look at this. I'm single day mile. Approval of Morocco. Yeah, right. There you go. So. Imagine not having the approval Morocco on Cinco de Mayo. I, Imagine. I don't know what to say. I'm... Damn it. Chris has been on my ass today, hasn't he? There you go, Joe. I don't know what happened. The Mets lose one game, and Chris is mad at me. This is, What's that This for? is what happens when you don't have the approval of Morocco on Cinco de Mayo. Disappointed in itself. I don't know where it is. Chris, you've completely gotta... derailed the show. I don't even know. I got if he a two-year-old that comes in. Good, good. I it see the poop hat. It deserves it. I mean, the guy has the approval Morocco for the most random stuff we do on the show, and then when it makes sense, he just can't find it. Yeah, you have a two-year-old that raids your office three times a day, and you'll have a hard time finding stuff as well. I'm a little disappointed. Rebecca hasn't made a cameo today. <laughs> she she tried to the other day, didn't she? Something yeah. we were doing. Keep tearing, tearing in here. Your eyes got all big as saucers. Like, oh my uh, god. She can open doors, and I'm used to locking the doors that I go into. You know what I mean? So, got to adjust. You know what? I'll drink to that. There you go. All right. So, that's the Packers' first round. I really, really like the value that they got in the deeper portions of this draft. Like, Agreed. Green Bay's day three haul, in my mind, is excellent. Yeah, I'd fully agree with you. I, I especially love the two linemen. I know that this isn't day three, but I mean, pick 92, we're kind of inching there. Sean Ryan and Zach Tom as Not a math guy. Piece, pieces to this offensive line where I think, you know, look, Royce Freeman, um, Runyon, John Runyon, these guys are in line to start for this team where I think Ryan can challenge right away to be a starting guard and you love the versatility that Zach Tom offers. I think he can play all five spots. I love that pick at 140. And, and Green Bay, their offensive line depth has been stressed, it feels like, for the last three years. And I, th I think yeah. these are great, great options to come in and, and help with that. I think Bari at pick 179. I love that. You know, and they've had success with players that are kind of like him as edge rushers. Another right. big body nose in Jonathan Ford. Rashid Walker as a developmental tackle. He's got gifts. He just, you know, he was kind of stagnant in his development at, at Penn State, man. Like, I think this is a, a really, really good draft class. And, and I love the way that you talked about how it didn't make sense to pick a receiver in the first round. So they helped their defense and still get the receiver. If they force one, this is the one they would pick at right. 22 or 28. They got him at 34 yeah. with a modest trade up. So let me ask you a question. Have you ever, in all your time, officially working in the space? Because I don't want to open us up to being old takes exposed or not knowing something that was before our time when we were intimately following the draft. Have you ever seen a team get as good of a four-player combo in the seventh round as what the Packers got? No, that's a good way to put it. I, I'd say so. Four seventh-round picks. 
and to come away with like rosterable players. These are like fit. These are all like fifth round players. Right. Right. Good take. Three Carpenter, Jonathan Ford, Rashid Walker, and Samari Torre. Like, <laughs> I wouldn't be surprised if Torre outproduces Romeo Dubs. Same. And he could play teams. Right. I don't, I, and Tariq Carpenter is going to kill on teams for them. I think he's going to be a great special teams player. Yeah. yeah. So I, I love what Green Bay did on day three. Uh, Minnesota. I will take the plunge. You just got to be ready to back me up when I'm done, Joe. Come in, come yeah. in with a take ready to fire because I'm going to have to catch my breath on this 10-pick gauntlet. Uh, Lewis Seen, safety Georgia 32 after trading out of 12 with Detroit. Cornerback Andrew Booth Jr. at 42 from Clemson. Offensive guard Ed Ingram, LSU uh, at 59. Brian Osmo, linebacker, Oklahoma at 66. Cornerback at Caleb Evans at 118. Esezi Otomeo, uh, defensive lineman, Minnesota at 165. My guy, my brand. We took a dub on Saturday because Minnesota picked him at 165. Running back Ty Chandler, North Carolina, 169. Vidarian Low offensive tackle, Illinois, at 184. Wide receiver Jalen Naylor, Michigan State, at 191. And tight end Nick Muse, South Carolina, 227. I'm a big fan of this collection of football players. I really am. I don't love the trades that they executed, that they could have got more. But it's hard to, to come away looking at this draft hall and saying, wow, you got solid player after solid player. Lewis signed or seen, uh, I think he's going to be a really nice fixture for them at safety. Andrew Booth Jr., one of my favorite prospects in the draft, a guy that from just what he can do on the field, you know, looks like a top 10 player to me, but, you know, the injury stuff pushed him down. You know, obviously that's something that makes you hold your breath a little bit, but my goodness, he has a chance to be a really outstanding corner. Ed Ingram is a starting caliber guard. We love Asamoah as a, you know, rangy, urgent football player that just gets after people, brings the fight. I mean, I don't want to steal all the talking points here, but I really like what they did later on as well. I mean, Verdarian Lowe is a developmental tackle. Ty Chandler as a nice piece to that running backfield where they're probably going to lose Alexander Madison after the season. This is Otomio a really good haul by Minnesota. In my mind, Otomio, in my mind, is an upgrade immediately over Jalen Holmes. Remember so Holmes go. from Ohio State? Yeah. Long dense body, like obviously a different regime here. Uh, Jalen Naylor, we talked about on Saturday, I think compares favorably to Emir Smith-Marset, who's already on the roster there. Uh, some more competition for the same kind of role. I guess the one thing that I'd be interested in is, is hearing your thoughts on Ed Ingram in this offense that we're perceiving they are going to run. Yeah, so we're, we're going to think about them like the Rams, right? That's kind of the the offense that we're envisioning. And he's certainly different than the other offensive linemen that we've seen the Vikings gravitate towards, like kind of like the extreme yeah. zone blockers. But we've seen, like, if you think about the Rams, like they've they've had more success with players like Ed Ingram. You think about San Francisco as well, like Ed Ingram at guard, where like, right, like you don't necessarily have to just be like lean and, and quick footed. I think you can have a little bit more in terms of size and power and still fit this offense. And 
you know, I'm interested. They got, I mean, this is an interesting situation with Ed Ingram, Ezra Cleveland, Wyatt Davis, who they picked in the third round last year, you know, to sort out two guard spots. So there'd be good competition for those three players. Is this, is this a little insurance for um, Garrett Bradbury's anchor too? I mean, I'm just I mean, kind of thinking about like, if you're looking for a complimentary player for what the weaknesses are on Garrett Bradbury, somebody to play next to him that's a little bit more stiff and stout. Okay, I, I see probably... what you're saying. Not as a replacement, but as a guy next to him. Yeah, yeah. Love that yes. idea. Yeah. Yeah. So because yeah, that that's, on board. Bradbury's always going to struggle with anchoring a one-on-ones. So if you can try to manufacture him getting help from a guy who has a stiffer anchor, you could work a little bit. So now, now we have the unenviable task of ranking these three draft classes. And I think there's <laughs> things we like about all three, four yeah. of these draft classes. Would I be incorrect in assuming because of the context of Chicago's class, putting them last, not necessarily because they didn't get good players, but because the good players that they got relative to what we perceive their most dire situation being, which was supporting Justin Fields. Yeah, I would agree. Four. So we'll put them four, but we do like their players. So please don't get mad. Right. They pick five times in the top 175 and they got, two second round players and four fourth round players in our eyes from an evaluation standpoint. So they got good players, just not where we would ideally like to see them go. Uh, number one, let's go, let's go to the other end of the spectrum and, and I defer to you <laughs> on who you have here. Cause I'm still kicking around between two teams. Yeah, I, they're close. They're really close. I'm going to go with Detroit. Um, just because I think like, I like the Packers who I'm going to have at two, which means I have the Vikings at three. But I think the Lions came away with two blue chip players and didn't necessarily have two blue chip picks. And so I'll go I'll side with them, but I love what the Packers did. It's a very close number two. You know what? This is the third day in a row. We're gonna agree. I'll vote Detroit at one, top twelve picks and, and your best offensive pass catcher and your uh your best pass rusher in the same draft class according to our rankings plus Josh Pascal, who's a big brand guy for me. They're one. Green Bay, top to bottom, very impressive class too. Minnesota, uh, a good class as well. Uh, I certainly think Booth's medicals uh, could lead him to being one of the steals of the draft, and if he plays to his potential, we might have to revisit. Um, and I like a lot of what they did. Uh, I, I think all three of those teams in the division are significantly better because of their drafts. And I think that's a great place to be. Chicago's going to be much better too. I just don't know that, you know, with their most dire positions, they're going to see the results in year one of a new head coach. That's going to do it. We're all done. Kyle Krabs, Joe Marino, Chris Schubert. Thank you guys for checking out the Draft Dudes podcast. Happy Cinco de Mayo for those who partake. If you don't, happy... May 5th and Draft Dudes Day. Anyway, happy Thursday. <laughs> uh, we'll be back tomorrow with Takes on Takes. Plan accordingly. Kyle Krabs, Jerman, and Chris Schubert. Thanks for watching. We'll talk to you guys next time. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.